This is FBG Jen. And FBG Kristen. And I'm FBG Margot, host and producer. You're listening to the podcast that will help you keep a lid on the junk in the trunk and inspire you to live a happy and confident life. Each episode, we chat with motivational experts and celebs and share our own candid adventures in being healthy. If you're looking for a podcast that's equal parts hilarious and enlightening, well then welcome to the Fit Bottom Girls podcast. Welcome back to the Fit Bottom Girls podcast. This is FBG Margot, and on the line today, we have FBG Jen. Hey, hey. And we have FBG Kristen. Hello. And y'all, we have a diva on the show today, in addition to <laughs> us, of course. Uh, she <laughs> is the PCOS diva, Amy Medling. And uh, so, Jen, do you want to talk a little bit about what PCOS is? Sure. So... Oh, PCOS is something that I think is like, it feels like it's becoming more common and is more talked about um, recently, but still a lot of women that have it aren't usually aware of it, but it's a hormonal disorder that usually gives you um, and enlarges your ovaries with like small cysts on them. And from what I know, it can be, you know, painful. It can cause you to have like messed up periods, um, painful cramps, different stuff. Um, it can also be a cause like I think there's a link to it with obesity, even excess hair growth, acne. It's kind of one of these like difficult to diagnose kind of things that are out there. But I thought that this interview with her really, um, she did a great job of explaining what it is, some of the symptoms of it, and then um, talking about different ways you can kind of find relief. I found it really interesting because a lot of times I think as women, we're just like, yeah, you know, I have a period and it hurts. You know, and that's right. kind of, or I have, you know, I have this like weird, like cystic acne, or I have this, you know, weird hair in my chin or something. Yeah, it's just kind of a weird thing of being a woman when, um, you know, maybe it's something a little bit more than that. We've had a lot of people request this topic, right? Or they, they do what they want answers to what these kind of questions, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, because they're, I mean, they're really kind of struggling and, you know, it affects, it affects health and well-being and, um, you know. It's important. It's really important. And it can lead to, you know, unexplained infertility, all kinds of different stuff. Yeah, she was, she, she's great. You guys are going to really love this interview. And she gives advice for stress relief and stuff like that, too. Anything that can kind of affect PCOS. So, yeah, th yeah. Th you guys, I think, are going to really love this. And, um, yeah, if y'all are in iTunes, if you can leave us a five-star review, we will read it on the air. But wherever you get your podcast, including I, Spotify, we're getting a lot of fans from Spotify. Uh, we're on the Alexa, if you have the Alexa app. And just feel free, please subscribe to the show. And if you have any comments or suggestions, you can email us at podcast at fitbottomgirls.com. And I say, let's just dive right in with the PCOS diva, ladies. Yeah. Let's do it. Amy Medling is a certified health coach who specializes in working with women with polycystic ovary syndrome, or PCOS. She is the founder of PCOS Diva and has developed a proven protocol of diet and lifestyle programs that offer women tools to help gain control of their PCOS and regain their fertility, femininity, health, and happiness. She lives in Nashua, New Hampshire with her husband and three children. You can find her at PCOSDiva.com. Welcome to the show, Amy. Oh, thanks for having me on. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is FBG Margot, and on the line today, we have FBG Jen. Hello. And we have FBG Kristen. Hi. 
So, Amy, I'm going to ask you the first question. We were actually, one of our super fans, her name is Joe, requested that we have a PCOS expert on the show, and voila, you were pitched to us, <laughs> like within that week. So you are here to promote your book, Healing PCOS, a 21-day plan for reclaiming your health and life with PCOS. So my first question for you is, what are the symptoms of PCOS, and why is it so often misdiagnosed? So, well, PCOS is a syndrome, so it can um, affect women in different ways. So there's, you know, a whole laundry list of symptoms and, you know, every woman doesn't present the same way. But some common symptoms and, and one of the, the diagnostic criteria for PCOS is excess androgens. So there's many symptoms that are a result of those excess androgens like male pattern hair loss or androgenic, androgenic alopecia. So losing hair, like kind of this diffuse hair loss kind of around the crown of your scalp. And then growing hair where you don't want it, which is called hirsutism. Uh, so think hair like on your chin, neck, upper lip, could even have it on your chest and back and inner thighs. So there there can be a lot of issues also with acne that is that's driven by excess androgens and then there's symptoms that are caused by insulin resistance which is another root factor of PCOS so symptoms like difficulty losing weight and high levels of insulin and insulin resistance and depression anxiety poor body image, eating disorders. A lot of women with PCOS also have hypothyroid or even Hashimoto's, which is the autoimmune type of hypothyroidism. And then of course, PCOS really at the root too is infertility and it's the leading, leading cause of female infertility. So cycle irregularities, uh, a lot of women don't ovulate or have irregular menstrual cycles. And, you know, I could go on and on with, with this list of really daunting symptoms, but it, the, the way that a woman would get a traditional diagnosis is right now, most doctors will diagnose using what we call the Rotterdam criteria. So it's basically two out of the three criteria. And I mentioned the elevated androgens is, is one. The second is... Uh, irregular menstrual cycles and, and ovulatory cycles. And then the third is the the sort of classic string of pearls look around your, your ovaries. So that's where the name polycystic ovary syndrome comes from. But it's a little, a little bit misleading because 30% of women with PCOS do not have the polycystic ovaries. And 20% of women that have polycystic ovaries don't have PCOS, so it can be kind of confusing. So if a woman is sitting here listening to this and they're like, okay, check, 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 mm -hmm. check, maybe I have something going on. What's, you know, what's the first thing that they, that they should do and that they can do? Well, I think the, the first thing that, that they should know is that there is a lot of hope for women with PCOS. And the other thing is that you may, you have to really become a diva. And the name of my company is PCOS Diva. And you have to learn to advocate for yourself. And sometimes it can be really difficult to get a PCOS diagnosis. Doctors aren't, I mean, unfortunately, doctors aren't always that knowledgeable about PCOS. And they often look to treat the symptoms. So they might send you to a dermatologist for the acne or the 
hair loss, um, send you to you know an OBGYN for your cycle issues and maybe an endocrinologist for thyroid. But oftentimes doctors don't sort of put all of these pieces together and realize that it's this sort of overlying condition, um, overarching condition, which is PCOS. So it's really important that you read up on it. And books like you know, my book, Healing PCOS, is a great place to start. Is there anything in a woman's history, like her genetics or maybe her age, that makes her more likely to to have PCOS? Yeah, well, there certainly is a genetic component, and the the statistics are as high as like forty to fifty percent of women who have mothers that have PCOS will also have PCOS. So, you know, if you if you kind of think, well. You know, I do have some hair on my chin, but my grandmother did too, or my aunt did, and that's just how women are in in my family. You know, that's to me, that's a little bit of a a signal that you know it could there could be some genetic predisposition to excess androgens and and possibly PCOS. So you know, don't sort of discard these some of these symptoms as this is just what happens to women in, in our family. But then there's also some, uh, you know, because PCOS is a syndrome and it doesn't present the same way in every woman, there's a sense that there's different phenotypes of PCOS. So there may be kind of like this genetic driven PCOS, but there is also some some thought that there's kind of a post-pill PCOS. So women who've been on the pill for years on end and then decide to come off of it, they can often present with PCOS symptoms, um, whether the pill was just sort of masking those symptoms all along and, and sort of masking the PCOS, or if the pill sort of kicked kind of PCOS into gear. So we're not really sure at the, the origins of it, but it can present itself at different stages in a woman's life, but typically you see the early signs of PCOS um, around ages 15, 16. You recommend moving every day versus exercise to help manage symptoms. Can you explain the distinction? Sure. So, you know, I think that so many of us were sort of brought up on that idea of calories in, calories out. And I think it, it, working with women as a coach, I found, and even myself, I found that a lot of women kind of view exercise as sort of a form of punishment. You know, if I, I ate ice cream the night before, I'm going to sort of punish myself on the treadmill to try to burn off the calories in the, the, um, the ice cream. And, you know, I really want women to shift their mindset around exercise. And, you know, I like to call it movement because I think that there's a different connotation to movement. There can be I really want women to focus on sort of the joy in movement and things that they enjoyed often when they were kids. Like if you liked dancing or bicycle riding or playing a sport, like get reconnect with that joy of movement. And I, I believe that it really can help make uh, kind of this movement practice more sustainable. So 
I know previously when you started talking about the symptoms and some of the common symptoms, mm-hmm. you dropped a few kind of big words that I think we're rolling with, but we, we have some listeners that might not totally know what like an androgen is. So can you kind of back okay. up and give us just like a really quick biology, just like a layman's biology <laughs> course and like what that is, how they interact and what kind of a, well, I guess you talked about the role, but still a little bit more of a background on that, please. Yeah. So androgens are male hormones, such as testosterone, DHT, DHEA. Um, and in males, these steroid hormones are responsible, responsible for sexual development and muscle mass. But in women, they play a much subtler but no less important role. So among other things, they help us maintain muscle mass. They regulate our weight, keep our libidos humming. And they are produced in the ovaries, adrenal glands, and fat glands. But the problem is that isn't that women with PCOS have androgens, it's that we typically have an excess. And this androgen excess or hyperandrogenism affects about 25% of women with PCOS. And then, as I mentioned, it's often kind of the root cause of common symptoms like hirsutism, acne, hair loss, and infertility. Okay. And then to follow up on that, because I know that a lot of times, like, can you get into, you know, high intensity exercise and some women that are wanting to see like, you know, a lot of muscle build or just, they want to get like crazy cut, you know, a lot of times like super high intense activity is shown like, okay, that's going to actually bump up, you know, your testosterone and help with fat loss and all that sort of stuff. Are, it, can you talk about maybe the connection between some of those more extreme high intensity forms of exercise and what your opinions are on that? Yeah, well, women with PCOS tend to put on muscle easier um, and weight training is actually really helpful. So, you know, part of that idea of movement, I mean, I really encourage strength training. It it can be really helpful, especially with uh, the insulin resistance. But I find that a lot of women with PCOS have issues with their adrenal glands. And, you know, they, they tend to produce more cortisol than women without PCOS. And so when you get into that really heavy style of exercise. I mean, think like running marathons and, you know, even like some really heavy duty CrossFit type classes, it can really do a number on our adrenals. And then it sort of causes us to, it's funny because a lot of women will come to me and say, well, I've been training for a marathon. And the crazy thing is I'm gaining weight instead of losing weight. So it actually ends up having kind of the opposite, you know, intent for a lot of women, you know, when they're wanting to really lose the weight doing really intense exercise, it kind of backfires on them because of it causes more stress on the body and leads to adrenal issues and inflammation. And I write about this in the book, you know, I used to be one of those sort of runners that ran every day. And, you know, I was starting to experience that kind of weight gain. And then I switched to walking because I ended up having stress, kind of stress fractures, and I had to walk. And I ended up losing weight just from kind of taking my exercise down a notch. And that's one of the things that women with PCOS really need to experiment with is the type of exercise to figure out what works best for you. Now, you mentioned stress. Um, So I wonder if you could... I mean, we were talking about that as relates to exercise, but I wondered if you could talk a little bit about the role that stress in general plays with women with PCOS. And I've I've seen that you recommend tapping to help reduce stress. So I thought Mm -hmm. perhaps you could talk a little bit about that as well. 
Sure. So as I mentioned, women with PCOS often make too much cortisol. It's really the cortisol is a stress or hormone that's produced in the adrenal glands. And in fact, uh, research indicates that we actually have higher cortisol levels in general. Um, and, and many women with PCOS are overweight and that also increases cortisol production. So raised levels of cortisol really changes the way your body manages other critical hormones. And it puts you at the risk for insulin resistance, anxiety, depression, thyroid dysfunction. And it really can overwork the adrenals to the point of adrenal fatigue. So stress, emotional or physical really takes a toll on women more women with PCOS than those without it. And you know, in my book, I give a lot of different ways to meditate. And you know, I call in my plan, I call them meditation moments. And tapping is one of those techniques that you know, I really encourage women to experiment with. And the thing that I love about tapping is that it can really be done anywhere at any time. And it's been scientifically a proven to sort of turn off that amygdala or kind of that flight or flight or fight sort of response in our brain. And the tapping, it's otherwise known as the emotional freedom technique or EFT. So you may have heard it called by, by that term as well. But basically, you just tap on the endpoints of energy meridians. I mean, it sounds a little woo-woo. But if you if you try it and experiment with it, I think you'd be really surprised how it kind of gives you sort of a sense of calm. And I have I kind of walk you through a tapping exercise in the book, and, and you sort of combine the tapping with sort of words, kind of words of affirmation, and it's kind of a way to discharge sort of the negative emotions as well. Uh, I, I think you could probably do a whole podcast just on to, on the topic of tapping. So I don't, you know, I don't know how much more time you want to spend on it. Yeah, it does. That sounds really interesting and like something that would probably be beneficial for like literally everybody. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I do it with my kids. You know, I try to encourage them like before, before a test or whatever to just go through sort of a, a tapping sequence. It only takes you know, just a few minutes and you can kind of do it discreetly. Nobody would ever really know that you're doing it. And it can be really helpful, not just with anxiety or stress, but also pain as well, emotional or physical pain. You started PCOS Diva to help women online find a community. So can you tell us how your followers help each other? Yeah, so women with PCOS feel very isolated and alone. Oftentimes they're, you know, embarrassed to talk about PCOS because, you know, let's face it, the symptoms are a little, you know, difficult to talk about, infertility and and hair issues and weight gain. And, you know, it's, you often feel like nobody really understands, you know, what you're going through. And, you know, we, we also suffer with, you know, emotional issues, anxiety and depression. So there's a real sense of isolation and loneliness and hopelessness. And so it's really important, I think, that women with PCOS realize that they aren't alone, that there's so many, actually, at at the very least, 10% of all women have PCOS. So, and I think that those numbers are, are, are even higher than that. So there are a lot of women that are dealing with PCOS, but I think um, the, the wonderful thing about the internet is it sort of allows us to connect. And the thing about PCOS Diva, and you know, I'm, I'm sure you, you've 
like really understood in my book that I really approach it from a positive place. And so it's important for women who also want to kind of um, approach it from an, a positive, empowered place that they can sort of um, collaborate and support one another. And that's what I've sort of built through my online programs and social media community. And actually right now I'm doing a book club on Facebook where we, I have about 700 women in the group right now, and we're going to be going through the 21 day program together through the book. And there's just, there's so much power and support and accountability and um, just realizing that you're not alone. So to that point, and I think you touched on this a little bit before too, that you're like, and on your site, you say PCOS diva, like it's a choice, like you choose to be a PCOS diva. Can you talk a little bit more about that mindset and why that shift in, in thinking is so important to healing? Yeah. And I mean, I, this was my journey as well. I mean, I was when I was really suffering from PCOS um, and I was really relying, looking for the magic pill, I think, you know, hoping that I would get some pharmaceutical drug that would just, you know, take all the, the symptoms away. And I was really really thinking and acting like a victim. I was waiting for somebody else to to sort of hand the solution to me. And when I woke up one day and I realized that, you know, I'm just really getting, feeling worse with these prescriptions. And um, at, at the time I was 30 years old and I had these two little boys and I just wasn't the, the wife or mother that I wanted to be. And I was sick and tired of feeling sick and tired. And I felt way too young to feel so old that I had to do something and I had to, you know, stop thinking like a victim. And so I think that is, is really the first step is that realizing that you, that you have tools and, you know, that's what I try to teach you is kind of give you the toolbox to take control of your symptoms and your environment instead of playing the role of the helpless victim. And then the second thing that I think is really important is you know, if you've sort of been in the community, PCOS community for a while, there's, you know, a lot of sites talking about, you know, fighting PCOS and conquering PCOS. And, you know, I think this, this idea of a battle or, you know, war to be waged against PCOS, it's, you know, it's really ripe with this masculine energy. And, you know, I really want women to realize that they need to embrace the feminine, you know, that sort of inner inner goddess, the diva, and that it's not your body betraying you. It's, PCOS is really, for me, it was a wake-up call that I needed to bring things back into balance in my body and in my life. And learning how to stop fighting with your body and instead working in partnership with it to recognize its signals and really respond in a loving and nurturing way is another key mindset shift that I think um, a woman needs to make. And I could, I could go on if you, if you have more time with some other shifts or if you wanted to, I don't know if you want to move Go for it. Let's do it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So I've coached thousands of women with PCOS at this point and really saw some overarching themes. And one of them was this sense of lack in their life. And I think a lot of it comes from the, 
the sense that PCOS sort of robs you of your sense of femininity. So, you know, with the, the all of those sort of laundry list of symptoms, um, I think women tend to start feeling this sense of lack about themselves, that they're, un, they're not enough, that they're not deserving. Um, and then that sort of overflows into their life. Like they don't have enough time to move their body. They don't have enough time to take time out and do like a tapping meditation. They don't have enough money to, you know, purchase the supplements or, you know, they're just not making themselves a priority. And so I think it's so important for women to shift from a place of lack to one of abundance and really celebrating the abundance in your life. And instead of blaming situations on, on items you lack or imperfections in yourself or others, really approaching each day with gratitude and, and positivity. And I think that this sort of gratitude, positivity, and this sense that you are enough, it really gives you the strength to make the right choices for yourself. And that women with PCOS, and I think, you know, a lot of women in general tend to be perfectionists and to really let go of that sense of perfectionism. And I call myself a recovering perfectionist, you know, instead really work towards progress. And this is so important to, to set reasonable goals and then celebrate the small wins. And that is really how a, a PCOS diva approaches her healing journey. I love that. We actually talk about that a lot here, progress, mm -hmm. not perfection. And yeah, the, I'm all about goal setting and, and finding those little wins. So I think that's, that's really great advice. Now, if we have a friend or a family member who has PCOS or who maybe after talking to you, we think, oh gosh, that explains some things. Mm -hmm. Do you have any advice for how we can best offer support? Well, I mean, I, women with PCOS need a lot of support and we have to make some some serious dietary changes a lot of the time. And I just think it's it's really great to have friends and partners that really are supportive of those, you know, dietary changes. I think that's in working with women, I think that's the hardest thing, you know, when they're, when they're ready to start eating um, healthy and, you know, an anti-inflammatory diet with lots of plant-based food, like to just really work to support them and not sabotage. I think that that's one of the key ways that you can encourage women with PCOS and in your life and also to really encourage her to take time for herself and to let her know that that caring for herself isn't selfish. You know, it's really something that she needs to do in order to be the best friend, wife, mother, sister, daughter that she can be. So th those two things I think are really key to support a woman with PCOS. PCOS can affect a woman's fertility and you have had experience with this issue. Can you talk a bit about that and how managing your symptoms helped you become pregnant? Yeah, so I realized that there wasn't um, something quite right when I was in early teen, like 14, 15, but I never actually received a PCOS diagnosis until I was around 30. And in the meantime, I had been told by multiple doctors that they'd have to jump through hoops to get me pregnant. And so I think that there's a lot of women that are told that they cannot get pregnant or it'll be very difficult for them to get pregnant. And I think that that's women are being 
very much underserved because in my experience at this point with my own life and then coaching again thousands of women that most women can and do get pregnant with the right lifestyle changes and fertility treatments as well there's there's you know multiple therapies pharmaceutical uh, and then things like acupuncture can be really helpful but I was able to get pregnant using Clomid, which is an ovulation inducer with both of my boys now 18 and 14. But I have a a daughter at age 37 that I conceived naturally after doctors told me, you know, I would never get pregnant again without fertility treatments. And that was after I had been living like a PCOS diva and really had shifted and changed my lifestyle for about five, five or so years. So I was able to get pregnant and had a healthy little girl. And the thing, the other thing about PCOS that's important to understand is that women tend to remain fertile longer. It's been shown that we reach menopause about three years later than women without PCOS. And we have our have a higher ovarian reserve, possibly because we're not, you know, ovulating every month. And women with PCOS tend to regain their cycles in a more regular way. You know, the older they get, kind of like after the age, you know, 38 or so, it's not uncommon for women who struggled, you know, all through their 20s and 30s to get pregnant, to get pregnant, you know, well into their 40s. So I just don't think that there's the same kind of, the clock's not ticking at the same rate for women with PCOS is, is someone without. That's, that's fascinating. And kind of like maybe a, like a small silver lining <laughs> sounds like to having it, you know, if you're having trouble getting pregnant that, okay, maybe the, the time tick isn't quite as terrifying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, and there's a lot of hope. And, and the other thing, um, if somebody is trying to get pregnant, a lot of doctors don't understand that Clomid is sort of second line therapy right now in terms of ovulation inducers. A lot of women have more luck with letrozole. So I'll just put that out there. You know, if your doctor hasn't talked to you about letrozole to, to ask them about it as an ovulation inducer. Yeah. Fun fact. I actually tried Clomid and didn't. Well, I responded, but I didn't get pregnant. And then we did an IUI, but we used letrozole and that's what I got pregnant with. But I had made a lot of changes. I don't think I have PCOS, but um, I still made a lot of different, like similar type lifestyle changes that definitely helped. But I did have some post pill stuff. Anyway, a side note, <laughs> always fun to <laughs> to talk about fun stuff like this. If I know you kind of mentioned some, you mentioned the movement, you mentioned an anti-inflammatory diet, mindset. Are there any other things that can really, you know, help with PCOS that we haven't touched on? Yeah, so something that I found really interesting, and it's a little, no, I think something that you don't really think about. So women with PCOS who are really suffering tend to be out of touch with sort of their creative juices, their creative force. And I find that it's really therapeutic to you know, really reconnect with kind of your creative side. So, you know, what do you enjoy doing? Try, and again, like the movement piece where I said, think about what you enjoyed doing as a kid. I mean, think about what you were, what you did as a kid where you sort of were in the, that flow state. I mean, did you like to paint? Did you like to dance? Did you enjoy crafts, coloring? 
So I really are writing, you know, writing this book was definitely um, very, such a creative task for me. And I definitely was sort of caught up in that flow state. And it can be extremely healing to get reconnected with your, your creative self. So so that would be something that I would really encourage women with PCOS to do. And it's something that we explore in the, the 21 day plan. So if a woman learns that she has PCOS and she, you know, makes these changes, she's eating an anti-inflammatory diet. She's getting movement every day. She's reducing her stress. She's finding her creativity. How long is it reasonable to expect for her to see results once she becomes a true PCOS diva? Is there any sort of range that you can give or is it really just individual? Well, I definitely think it's, you know, of course it's individual because we're, you know, unique bio-individuals, but I can, you know, safely say that that within the first week, if you're following the plan, you'll notice some shifts. I had a, a program that I've run for the last six years, and at this point, like 5,000 women have gone through it, and it's a seven-day jumpstart program. And at the end of those seven days, women can have a tremendous shift in, in the way that they feel. So, you know, as little as seven days, and 21 days, I, I kind of give you a assessment at the beginning and the, and the end of the 21 days, and you will feel um, some positive shifts as a result. But healing PCOS, it's really a continuum. There's no point in time where you can say, okay, I'm completely healed, because there really is no cure, but there's sort of this, this lifelong journey of healing. And, you know, as you dive deeper into this lifestyle, you'll keep reaping the benefits. So you were on the show today to talk about your book, Healing PCOS, A 21-Day Plan, and we really appreciate you so much for coming here. Can you please tell our audience where they can find you and all your social media shout-outs? Sure. So the book site is healingpcos.com, but my main site is pcosdiva.com, and there I have lots of free resources. I have a supplement guide and lab guide and a PCOS 101 resource and just tons of articles. And I also host a podcast. I think I'm up to episode 90 at this point where I interview lots of different experts on PCOS. Uh, And then I'm really available on all social media. It's typically hashtag PCOS Diva. Very exciting. You've got a lot going on. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I've been busy. Well, I've been at this for almost 10 years. So yeah, it's it's been really my, my life's work. So you get to, uh, we have just one more question for you, if that's okay. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. Uh, okay, great. So this is what we ask everyone who joins us for the show. Amy, what was the last song you listened to before you did this podcast interview? Oh my gosh. You know what? My daughter, my nine-year-old had a lacrosse game last night. So I have to play pump up music for her on the way to the game. And I think it was that crazy frog. um, What what the heck? Whatever that song is by crazy frog that was out years ago. That's I know exactly what you're no, talking what's about. The, and what's I can't the name of the it? title? <laughs> oh, I'm gonna have to Google it quick. Um, but yeah, I, I I can't stand it. But she loves. <laughs> is this, is this a Swedish thing? I just it googled it. Her. Is it a sweet Swedish thing? Well, I mean, they might be Swedish, but it's not like in Swedish. No, it's just yeah. Just look up Crazy Frog. It's the. I'm sorry. I wish I knew what it was. That's what okay. The, That's still a great answer. What the name was? So funny. Yeah. Ring a ding ding, something like that. Yes. Let's, yes. Crazy Frog. Yeah. That's funny. That's great. Axel F. That's what it does on YouTube. Cool. <laughs> crazy Frog. 
<laughs> so thank you so much for joining our show today. Oh, thanks so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Love this show? Tell us why in a five-star review on iTunes, and we'll read it on the air. Also, make sure you are a subscriber. If you want to reach out to say hi or have a question about a recent episode, yay, well, feel free to email us at podcast at fitboundgirls.com. And if this podcast jives perfectly with your brand, consider sponsoring the show. Get more info by emailing advertising at fitbottomgirls.com. Find all kinds of Fit Bottom goodness online and on social media at Fit Bottom Girls, Fit Bottom Mamas, Fit Bottom Eats, and Fit Bottom Zen. And if books and movies are your thing, check out the other podcast I co-host called Book vs. Movie, which you can find anywhere where you search for podcasts. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.